0: And our chapter for today is Esther chapter 1. What I'm going to do is try to introduce to you the time period and the context in which Esther lived and in which the book was written and the storyline continues. The reality is that the name of God, nor God himself, is mentioned in the book of Esther. It was the last book to be included in the Old Testament canon. That's right. It was kept out because of that very fact. The name of God, the name of the God of the Jews, and the term God himself is never even mentioned in the book of Esther. Yet, it is couched in the great providence of God. That is, God's sovereignty is all over the book. His tender watch care over his people Israel, is as evident as any book in the Bible. You see, God loves the Jewish people, and He has loved the Jewish people since from the beginning. It's odd that in our day we have all of these names that engender political feelings and racial feelings. But let me just say to you that what we call anti-Semitism today has somewhat, the term itself, that is, has lost its vigor, its life, it seems. It no longer identifies people. People hear anti-Semitism, it seems, and they yawn. What we're talking about when we talk about anti-Semitism is Jew hatred. I think that's what we need to call it. Also, the World Jewish Congress leader, Lauder, also believes that and has stated that. Because Jew hatred is as old as the covenant of Abraham itself. Because ever since God had made His wonderful promises to Abraham, and ever since God had made His promises to Adam in the garden, that a seed would be raised up from the woman that would crush Satan's head then there has been this hatred trying to seek out and find out who is the Mashiach, who is the anointed one, and stamp him out before he can do the work that he did when he came 2,000 years ago and is going to do in the future when he comes to reign upon the earth and then create a new heaven and a new earth. And eternity begins in a way that we all will know one day. You see, Jew hatred is the hatred of God's chosen people to destroy them. Down through the ages, it's been tried over and over again. But yet God, in his great mercy and kindness and goodness and faithfulness to his promises, has delivered the Jewish people. Such is the story of Esther. But before we get into the story many have asked me can you just put in some kind of order that I can understand all of these Xerxes and Artaxerxes and Darius the 1st and 2nd II and 3rd And all of these Persian rulers, because I'm losing track. And Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, I can't tell who is who and what is what. And so let me just give you in order the uh, Achaemenid Empire kings. And that's the term that's used for the Persian Empire from the days of Cyrus onward, the Achaemenid I'm going to begin with Cyrus. The dates of Cyrus, King Cyrus, that we read about in the book of Chronicles, where God used Cyrus, his anointed, named him through the prophet Isaiah by name that God would raise him up to deliver the Jewish people. And he did that. He conquered Babylon, and he reigned from 550 B.C. to 530 B.C. He had just been in power a short time when he conquered Babylon, and when he did, he, in 539, took over what was known as the Persian kingdom, which now included, after 539, the Babylonian kingdom. And in 538, after a careful search of the records to find out who all the people were and where they were coming from, he made a decree that all the Jews were to go back to Jerusalem. They had the freedom to do so back to their homeland. And he would fund the building of what we would call the second temple because Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed the temple in 586 BC. And Cyrus basically said, said, I am not like the Babylonians, trying to get everyone into one spot so that I can rule. But he divided the kingdom into satraps. He put these rulers over these satrapies. He ruled through these leaders, and he, ha- he was having problems, uh, no doubt with that Western Front, which included Egypt and North Africa. And so Cyrus said, go back. So there were 50,000 that went back. They were led by Zerubbabel and Joshua, the high priest. They went back, and as you recall, we've gone over this in the Chronicles material and Ezra and Nehemiah, and so they went back, and after three years, 50,000 laid the foundation of the temple, and it only took a year till 534, and they stopped because of opposition. As you know, Cyrus was taken out in 530, and his son, came the second, who was the oldest son of he and his wife. He only ruled for a short time, about uh, seven to eight years, from 530 to 522, and then a man comes on the scene that we read about in the Bible. His name is Darius the Great, Darius the First, and he ruled from 522 down to 486 B.C. You'll read about him, for instance, in the book of Daniel. So the characters I want you to understand and remember are Cyrus the Great, 550 to 530, who issued the decree for the Jews to go back home in 538, and he ruled uh, down until 530, 20 years. After that, his son, his oldest son, uh, according to history, uh, ruled and reigned uh, for eight years until Darius the Great ruled, took over in 522, and to 486. Now, this is an important date because it's during this time that the second temple was dedicated in 516 BC. And so Darius has a special place in history because he was the one that is credited with being in power during the dedication of the second temple under the Jews in 516 BC. Now, the next person that is important is the man who is in our scripture over the next few podcasts. His name in Greek is Xerxes, X-E-R-X-E-S, Xerxes, but his biblical name is Ahasuerus, Ahasuerus. He was Esther's husband that we'll read about, and he was in power from 485 to 465. He had an incredible uh, reign, and after he died, his son, Artaxerxes reigned for a long period of time from 465 to 424. And so Artaxerxes was the Persian ruler during the days of Ezra and the second return, as it is called in history. And also he is the king to whom Nehemiah was the cupbearer. And so we're going to learn about Artaxerxes and Xerxes and how that God used them many times in spite of themselves. And by the way, he does that often, not only in ancient rulers' lives, but he does that in our lives. I wish it wasn't so in the sense that I wish God always did things because we were obedient and loving and kind and gracious. But many times God does in our lives in spite of us, he does good things. And so those are the rulers that we need to look at. Cyrus the Great, 550 to 530 BC. Darius the Great, Darius as he is called in history, from 522 to 486. And that's where Daniel would have encountered him. And then you have Xerxes, who is Ahasuerus, Esther's husband, 485 to 465, and then you have Artaxerxes, his dates are 465 to 424, and he was the ruler during the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, the reason I'm telling this is because you can really get confused because the books are not always in chronological order, as you know, and sometimes you can get really confused about when this happened, who was reigning here, because their names are a lot alike, and because of that, it causes somewhat of confusion, and so what I want to do is not obfuscate and make things harder. I want to make things clear for you so you can understand these timelines, because timelines Are so important in understanding the Word of God. And so Esther. The events in Esther's life took place over a period of about 10 years, and so we'll look at that more in the next podcast, but I just wanted to introduce to you this fascinating book of Esther, and we'll introduce Esther and uh, Queen Vashti, but as we open up this wonderful book, Chapter 1, I wanted you to understand something of the timeline, because it's important that we understand the context of Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.